Hello, my friends. There was an act of rebellion in Canada today. Very exciting. Our David Menzies was on the scene. There was a barbecue shop in Etobicoke, Ontario, that decided it was going to stay open. Lockdown be damned. David was there. So were the cops. So was the media party. That's today's episode of the Ezra Levant Show. Before I get out of the way, let me invite you to subscribe to the video version of this podcast on days like today's. It's really worth it. Go to rebelnews.com, click subscribe. It's eight bucks a month or 80 bucks for the whole year. Get the video version of the podcast plus weekly shows from Sheila Gunn Reed and David Menzies. Pardon me. And um, I think the knowledge that you're keeping our independent journalism going. One of the things we'll talk about today is how the media party smeared and sneered. And we just went and reported. All right, here's today's podcast. Tonight, I think that maybe, just maybe, people are rebelling against the lockdown. It's November 24th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon Why? consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say is government, but why publish is because it's my bloody right to do so. Look at this story from Trudeau's CBC state broadcaster. You know them. They love lockdowns. They love fear. They love liberal politicians. And yet, they embarrassed the mayor of Windsor, Drew Dilkins, who went out to a big dinner party with his friends, no masks, no social distancing, literally hours after demanding zero tolerance for any of his subjects doing the same. And look at this from lovely Huntington Beach, California. Mass public demonstrations, a street party, really, in defiance of Governor Gavin Newsom's curfew. After all, Newsom himself went out to a dinner party, no mask, no nothing, and his sociopathic explanation, he blamed his wife in part, naturally. But basically he said, I'm more important than you. And my friend is more important than you. And it was his birthday, and that's more important than you. So shut up. A few weeks ago, uh, I was asked to go to a friend's 50th birthday. Uh, my wife and I, a friend that I've known for almost 20 years, and, uh, and a friend that had, well, put a lot of time and energy into his 50th birthday. It was in Napa, which was in the orange status, relatively loose compared to some other counties. Uh, it was to be an outdoor uh, uh, restaurant, and we started the, well, the program started at 4 o'clock. It was one of those early reservations. I got there a little bit late at 4.30, uh, and as soon as I sat down at uh, the larger table, I realized it was a little larger group uh, than I had anticipated, uh, and I made a bad mistake. Instead of sitting down, uh, I should have stood up and walked back, got in my car, and drove back uh, to my house. Instead, I chose to sit there with my wife uh, and a number of other couples that were outside the household. And you can quibble about the guidelines, et cetera, et cetera, but the spirit of what I'm preaching all the time uh, was contradicted, and I got to own that. And so I want to apologize to you uh, because I need to preach and practice, not just preach and not practice. And I've done my best to do that. Uh, we're all human. We all fall short sometimes. 
Yeah, as you can see from those photos, even that excuse was a lie. It was all indoors. What a liar. No one believes the lockdowners. Ontario Premier Doug Ford goes to a wedding when he wants to, but you can't. So now we come to the second major lockdown. And you know what? People don't believe it anymore. Certainly not in the United States, land of freedom. Here's a video of one bar in the U.S. that was supposed to be shut down. But look at it. It is jammed full. No one cares. No one seems to be scared of the virus with a 99.99% recovery rate for people under 70. No one believes the hype. Or if they do, maybe those are the folks who stay home. Maybe some people even detected that it was just a little fear-mongering to help get rid of Trump and that's all over now. Some places it's a little bit tougher. Look at these Americans here who know enough about their rights and their constitution to give the bums rush to the cuppers. These people actually work for their money and they don't want to lose their livelihood. I've lost friends, I've lost family who killed themselves. I've seen clients die because they've lost their livelihood. I'm sorry to hear that. I know you are and I'm just I'm asking for you to guys have some compassion for the people that have lost everything. We do have compassion for people who Okay, well, you need to go have compassion out in the parking lot. This is private property. This is is private property. This This is private property. It's private property. Go get a warrant. Listen, man, this is private property. They're not wanted here. So do your jobs. Well, her job is... Well, no, no, your job is to remove people that are not wanted here. We're wanted here. They're not. She's hiding her name tag. I'm not. It's right here. It's my name. They're just doing their job. There we go. You should all be wearing masks. How come you have masks on? Don't worry about my health. My health isn't you're, your concern. You're meant to be wearing a mask. It's a government. Okay, well, then write me up. It's the law. Okay, then, but then, then take me to jail. It's not the law. Then take me to jail. Show me the law. Show me the law, please. Show me the law. Well, I think we got to go, Mask. You have to leave. You guys have to leave. You have to leave. Right now, you're trespassing without a warrant. You know what? I don't know. Yeah, because it's anonymous, anonymous right? Yes, it's anonymous. It can't be anonymous. You need to know your accuser. You need to know it cannot be anonymous. You gotta go get a warrant. It cannot be anonymous. You don't get to violate the Constitution. It does not matter. You don't circumvent or subvert the Constitution. Okay, Meth, you need to leave. that many times I still get the chills good for them it's happening a bit in the United Kingdom too pubs are now putting up posters denouncing the lockdown as a sham police there are still out of control for sure we've shown you that for years actually but they did that this morning in front of parliaments and that was their mistake Uh, they were locking up an old lady and an MP just happened to see it and watch what happened. You don't need to, don't need to obey the orders of police officers. 
You must have others. What an outrage. What a disgrace. Now in Canada, MPs probably would have helped the police load the old lady into the back of the police van. But in the UK, that MP, Charles Walker, he went right into Parliament and tore a strip off the government, which just happens to be his own party. He's a Conservative. Now, the room was empty, naturally, but still, take a look. Charles Walker. Madam Deputy Speaker, I have just witnessed an elderly lady peacefully protesting with a handful of other people be arrested and carried spread eagle to a police van just outside the precinct of the House of Commons. This is a disgrace. This is un-British. It is unconstitutional. And this government, our Prime Minister, needs to end these injustices now. Madam Deputy Speaker, will you bring the Prime Minister and all the Home Secretary here today to sort this out? She was an old, old lady robbed of her dignity for having the courage to protest about having her fundamental rights and those of my constituents and others removed. All right, so what about us here in Canada? Are we submissive and passive, as our national caricature suggests? Do we always say sorry, sorry for everything? Well, check this out. what is the ostensible policy reason in the first place of shutting down a little mompa operator like you and yet the the costcos the walmarts the loblaws of the world they get to open it seems to be a, a, a double standard doesn't it don't ask me, man. How am I supposed to know? I don't make policy. I'm just supposed to enforce it at my restaurant. I don't know why that's happening, but it doesn't feel right to me. And I know there's a lot of other people. It doesn't feel right to them either. Well, I'm looking at this lineup, Adam. How soon are you going to run out of food? Uh, if, we, if we haven't sold out of some meats already, I'm sure we're going to very soon. We had a lot of support today. We have some freedom-loving patriots that are here to support. Uh, I'm sure we'll be out of food in no time. And no fine so far, right? No, sir. No, not a single fine issued today to my business, myself, or anybody who came here to support. Well, that's some excitement today in Etobicoke, a suburb of Toronto. A man standing up for himself and his family and his customers and the business he has built from scratch and maybe he's standing up for a lot more people than he originally thought. Now, the mean girls from the media party were, they were absurd. They were mocking him. They were hating him. Their coverage of him was crazy, insane. How dare he break the narrative? How dare he do so popularly? How dare he speak out against the Teresa Tams and her mini-me's across the country? You know, these public health officers, they're doctors by training, but they have no patients. They're just politicians now with an MD. A lot of them are making north of $400,000 a year. That's the ruling elites. And they're telling the working schmoes to knuckle under.
what? Or else? I think the public has to know this is one of the worst case scenarios in terms of an infectious disease outbreak in that their cooperation is sought. If there are people who are non-compliant, there are definitely uh, laws and, and public health um, powers that can quarantine people in mandatory settings. It's potential you could track people, put bracelets on their uh, arms, have police and other setups to ensure quarantine is undertaken. Oh, don't think they're not contemplating it. So we're at an interesting tipping point. Does the quality of the elites outweigh the quantity of the working class? The blue collar folks, the entrepreneurs, the skeptics, the guys running a small smoke meat business. The elites have the power of their position. The media, the bureaucracy, the politicians, everything official. The grassroots, they have their numbers. And I think they have common sense on their side. I trust someone these days, frankly, with a high school diploma and street smarts over a PhD, at least when it comes down to this, some of the lockdown insanity. We'll see what happens. I won't lie, I'm pessimistic. Canada has its own deep state, especially on public health. I think they're gonna try and crush this barbecue guy mercilessly, we'll see. Stay with us, David Menzies is next. He was there today. so they have the same opportunities that I was provided. Hey Adam, what did the police and bylaw officer say to you? Uh, they were they were all very respectful. They made sure that we, they took a look through and uh, a little overwhelmed right now, brother. Uh, they made sure, they took a look at the different uh, rules that we're supposed to be complying with. They found that we were uh, in non-compliance of people eating inside. Everything else was good. We're contact tracing. We have the signs posted so that the customers maintain social distancing. But it looks like there's a little bit of civil disobedience happening today. They decided not to enforce that. And it sure isn't my job as a guy who cooks brisket to uh, enforce government regulations. Adam, do you think you're a catalyst for so many other businesses in the same position you are with your backs up against the wall, just trying to earn a livelihood, that they will look upon on what you've done today and they will also open up in civil disobedience. Of course, I know I'm going to be the catalyst for this. When everybody stands up and says enough is enough, that's when we're going to see this end. Well, that is some footage from when our friend David Menzies went out to Adamson's Barbecue in Etobicoke. I have not eaten at that outlet, but I've eaten Adamson's in Leaside, Toronto, the finest barbecue north of Dallas. And believe me, as you can tell by glancing at me, I've checked. <laughs> <laughs> David, how was it today? It looks like there was more than a hundred people at the barbecue owner who wouldn't lock down. Well, or a CFRB uh, News Talk 1010 would say, Ezra, uh, about two dozen people. Uh, <laughs> there was clearly more than that. <laughs> it was part rally, part lunchtime. Oh, and defiance was on the menu, and man, did it smell good. I'd like to say taste good, but the fact is, boss, if I was going to bring you back that brisket you asked for, <laughs> that turkey, I'd still be in a lineup right now. The lineup went out the store through the parking lot and down the street. I think there's three things. First of all, people want to live a normal life and yep. going out for a restaurant's a normal life. Number two, they want to support a guy who's trying to make a go of it in these tough times. And number three, it was a way of sticking it to the man. 
It, uh, this restaurateur was a seed crystal yes. around which others could form. That's how it looked to me. And number four, it showed the double standard, the hypocrisy. If you continued walking down the road, as I did, because I had to park there, there was no street parking available, you hit a Costco. That Costco was jammed to the rafters, mm. Ezra. We're talking less than 400 meters away oh, yeah. from this restaurant. And they serve food in Costco. Of course they do. Yeah. They have fantastic French fries. Yeah. Yeah. And so riddle me this. How is it that a Costco, a Walmart, uh, can stay open and uh, serve the public? And ostensibly, I know what the policy reason is, it's because they're supermarkets, right? Well, this came up at the Premier Ford press conference today. Um, well, if you're selling groceries, uh, you also sell electronics, you sell flowers, you sell footwear, right? Those aren't essentials. So why not rope that off? And the Premier basically said, well, I hear what you're saying. Uh, it isn't fair. And in terms of roping aisles off at the Costco's and the Walmart's of the world, it would be a logistical nightmare. Oh, a logistical nightmare? You know what a logistical nightmare is for me, Ezra? It's getting bills coming in for paying the hydro, paying mm -hmm. the rent, and I am being forced by the government not to open because I'm a little mom-paw shop, but Costco, Walmart, Jeff Bezos yeah, oh, heading I, towards trillionaire status. Yeah, he doubled his net worth. Yep. Um, in in this mess, and I you know what I was. There were other reporters there with you. Uh, am I correct? I was following on Twitter. You were talking to the restaurateur. With lots of filming. Um, did he kick the mainstream media off his property? That's what they say on Twitter. Oh, if he did, I didn't witness that, Ezra. But we were in the. He was happy to interview us. He was so busy. I mean, he was cooking. He was dealing with police. He was dealing with City of Toronto bylaw. Uh, no tickets uh, laid as of now. Mm -hmm. I. Uh, but according to the uh, officer at the press conference, after they complete their investigation, the days down the road, uh, there likely will be some charges. They probably didn't want to ticket him when there was a hundred revved up supporters there. Yeah. Uh, and I think, frankly, wisely, because they, they might have, uh, I mean, who knows what would have happened. The anger at, like you say, Costco down the way, hey, no problem. Big foreign-owned mega box store chain. Give them your money, but not uh, Joe Average Restaurateur. I want to read to you some tweets from Jennifer Pagliaro of the Toronto Star, the paper of the working man. <laughs> they can't stop their mockery of the working class restaurateur his staff, and those who went there. I'm on my way to Adamson Barbecue in Etobicoke where owner Adam Skelly, making false claims about the severity of this pandemic, has vowed to open. So they're, they're demonizing him. They're calling him an idiot, even though it's the government models that are wrong. Let me just read some of these. <laughs> there are now people eating inside <laughs> in direct violation. Um, Oh, I like this one here. We've been asked to stay off the property, so I can't see what enforcement is up to. But I'm told one possible patron has a Trump hat on. <laughs> oh, my God. That, there's nothing worse than that. There's probably, I bet you that's going to be front page of the star. Ezra, how is that relevant? <laughs> a guy wearing a Trump because hat? Because, you know, it's just so crazy. <laughs> and then there's the news going on there. I just want to read, I mean, at... I just want to read a couple more of these because it's just a, an alternative universe. This is the Star Reporter. For obvious reasons, I'm not going inside with a bunch of unmasked people who don't believe in a pandemic. Well, why don't you put your mask on if it's such a bulletproof vest for you, lady? Oh, a family with small children continues to enjoy their food at a windowside table as a 
country tune play. There's so many things there. It, is, does she hate the kids that they're enjoying themselves or that country? <laughs> you know, See, oh, that, one more. Give me one. Let me tell you one more. This is too good. This is too good. The Toronto Star. This person driving an official city of Toronto truck just honked and fist bumped the pro Adamson folks. You know what? Oh, my God. The working classes support having a guy making a living. Let me know when the Toronto Star is shut down and how quickly Jennifer Pagliaro, if she lost her income, would freak out. Yeah, I'm actually concerned about that last tweet because if she goes on a jihad to find out who this worker is, she can make his life a living hell, uh, Ezra. Well, yeah, she posted a picture with that guy's uh, license plate number. I I mean, we know she wants to shut down the restaurant. She probably wants this guy, again, this restaurant is illegally allowing indoor dining and breaking city orders around mask wearing, and they were smiling. I could see their smiles. Oh, my God. So, all right, I'm, I'm getting too revved up. You've done a whole video. I'll invite people to watch that on YouTube. Yeah. But give our people a little bit of an insight. Does this guy look firm? Does he look like he's going to wobble? Did he look like he was encouraged by the public turnout? What's going to happen? He was over the moon. I, I I could tell he couldn't contain his smile. I asked Adam Skelly, I go, what does it feel like to be serving up uh, defiance on the menu? And uh, I got a sensor and he says, it feels effing great. He was totally stoked for this. Here's the thing, Ezra. Uh, he can't be, in my opinion, for this to work a one-man gang. Right. I hope he's a catalyst that gets ones and twos and dozens and hundreds and right. then thousands. What can the authorities do? Uh, write up tickets, uh, fine everybody, imprison everybody. Well, I guess the, the jails have room now because the Canadian Civil Liberties Association has been trying to get as many offenders out there to practice social distancing so we can get the violent offenders out of the jail the and we can put the restaurateurs into the jail. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It's, it's so frustrating to me. I, I did my show last night on the fact that for five hours, news magazines were banned in Manitoba as non-essential services. And the Canadian Association of Journalists freaked out. How dare they? How dare they? (laughs) Five hours later, the province relented, and then the journalists were back into the lockdown because it only affected everyone else doing less important things. You know what? I can go without reading Vice magazine or the Huffington Post a lot longer than I can go without food. Yes. And uh, you know what? The the classism here, yep. the sno- there's a snobbery here. Uh, by the way, all these fancy... I mean, I, let me just say one thing about Adamson's Barbecue. Don't mind me. I happen to know them. They're where all the hipsters go. It is. It really is the best barbecue north of Dallas. I'm not just saying that to be dramatic. It's amazing. In the before times, before the lockdown... I would go with my family. It would be a half-hour standing lineup to get in, and it was hipsters all the way down. The same people who are now scowling, how dare you stay open? If I were the proprietor of Adamson's Barbecue, I would have a rule. Anyone who called for him to be canceled, they're not welcome there. Like, you know, you have little pictures sometimes in restaurants (laughs) of someone who dined and dashed. A little picture, don't serve this guy if we catch this guy. Occasionally you see those in bars or restaurants, a, a photo of someone who dined and dashed. I think they should put photos up of all these Toronto Star and CTV reporters who are sneering at this guy. They shouldn't be allowed to go to his restaurant God willing, it survives the pandemic. And the good thing about that is, Rez, he doesn't need them. I mean, I will, without ever having seen uh, Adam's books, I will bet you today, 
is the best day of his restaurant's uh, history. And I want to say some, one other thing. Uh, once upon a time in a different life, for seven years, I covered the food service and hotel business. The one thing I learned about that, mm -hmm. Ezra, was never to get in the food service business. That's not a slam on the oh, food service. Oh, it's the service. hardest business it's, in the world. It, yeah, it, it, exactly. One, you know what? Um, what's the stat? One in seven restaurants last seven years? I believe in the first three years, 80% of startups will go under, out of and business. And that's in the before times. I'm talking before time. I'm talking about a roaring economy. Yeah. I'm talking, you know, uh, minimal unemployment. You're on your feet the whole time. Yep. You got to worry about shrinkage, which is another way of people saying people eating your profits, people's hand in the tills. Yeah. You got to worry about rent. You got to worry about labor and training. You got to worry about every single thing. It really is. Taxes, crime. And now you've got these fancy pants saying no more eating at uh, Adamson's uh, barbecue, but go eat at Walmart or the big box stores. I'm so mad at, but hopefully this is a call to rebellion, a peaceful rebellion of yep. civil disobedience. And we'll see. I mean, the trouble is he's not in Alberta. Yep. He's in Toronto, which is one of the most submissive, <laughs> afraid cities in North America. Well, not today. And that's another key factor, Ezra. Was this a flash in the pan or tomorrow and then Thursday, Friday, are we going to see those similar lineups? I hope so. Yeah. And, you know, so that'll be important uh, because there is a constituency. People were telling me, you know, our friend uh, Jason from the uh, Minden 50s diner, he drove oh, three right. hours oh, yeah. just to come and buy oh, some brisket oh, that's in solidarity. Um, so there's so much pent-up support, so much frustration of these lockdowns. And let's face it, you know, the biggest lie, I think, of 2020, Ezra, is the phrase, we're all in this together. Oh, you're so because right. Because little mom paws are getting yeah. slammed. The public sector, has anyone lost a job? No one. Has anyone taken a pay no, cut? No, no, no. They're loving business. it. Yeah. They're loving it. They stay at home while they get paid. They watch the latest Netflix series, and they put on a mask to scowl at everybody. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know what, I, I didn't grow up working class. I grew up, as the Brits would say, middle class, but more and more, and class is sort of a British concept in many ways, but my time in the UK has taught me there is such a thing as class. Mm. And, and it's not race, and it's not gender. Yeah. It's, it's, do you work with your hands? Do you work on your feet? Do you, how do you, are you blue collar? And there is a condescension in this country that flows from the parliament through all the institutions. And I don't know, it, it's interesting because police in their own way are working class. Yeah. On their feet, physical danger, they deal with this stuff. In a way, I mean, garbage men are the, it's one of the toughest jobs in the world. In a way, policemen, they have to deal with garbage situations sometimes, yeah. things that we would. So they have a real working class ethos about them. And they're being pitted by their political masters yeah. against other blue-collar guys working hard. I wonder what those cops were thinking when they were taken off the gun crime beat, the gang land beat, and put on the shut down the restaurant beat. It must, I hope it rubbed them the wrong way. What I think they were thinking, Ezra, is I didn't sign up for this. Mm -hmm. I didn't come to put a little mom-paw business uh, out of business mm -hmm. when, like I said, 400 meters down the road, there was a Costco jammed to the gills. It, it, it makes no sense. Yeah. How is he the second coming of Typhoid Mary, yeah. whereas a warehouse where people are shoulder to shoulder and 
you know, the company, the big companies, they can say all they want. Oh, we're practicing social distancing. We've got arrows on the aisleways. There are people rubbing shoulders in these places. Yeah. Uh, you can tell by the parking lot, it's a zoo. And um, that's okay. But Adam Skelly's barbecue is not. No, yeah. I'm not buying that. And I don't. And I think the police hate being put in that situation. Yeah. They didn't. By the way, they didn't get a rough ride. Uh, you know, coming there, the media did. Yeah, that's telling. <laughs> you know, it's funny in L.A. County. I see all the sheriffs in the area say yeah. we're not enforcing these stupid social distancing mask. It's American Thanksgiving. No, you know, the governor says no Thanksgivings. There's a lot of American law enforcement officers who are saying, yeah, no thanks. We're not going to obey your ridiculous orders. New York City police were amongst the first to say that, although some of them are relenting. In Canada, I'm worried our police are too political. I would like to see a police chief somewhere sometimes say, you know what? We're in the crime-fighting business. We'll leave the, uh, the, the social virtue signaling business to, you know, the, the mayor can hire his own uh, snitches. We're not in that business. I think the the public love and respect for police would go up. We've talked a lot about this. Stay on the file. Next time you're out there, bring some brisket back and smoke. I swear. Turkey. I'm kidding around. And, <laughs> and I leave a nice tip. I'll cover the tip. You got it. Um, I admire Adam Skelly yeah. and his team. I can imagine the stress they're under. Uh, I know he's being ripped to shreds right now by the mainstream media, but you know what? Who cares about the mainstream media yeah. if the people are with him and we're with him and we'll do our best to help him, including if he like if he needs the help, we will offer him legal help. I would love to cover that story and whether he takes our legal help or somebody else's, we'll cover that case when it gets to trial, Ezra. And like I said, my wish, the dessert on this story for me would be for other businesses to look yeah. what Skelly did and yeah. say, I'm putting my open sign into the door. Well, and let me uh, say to our folks, if you haven't heard of it yet, we've got a website called IWillOpen.com. It's, it's businesses saying, I'm going to open. I'm just going to do it. I'm at death's door anyways. I may as well go down fighting. What do you have to lose? Right? Yeah. Well, great. Thanks for going out there Thank on you, that sir. important mission. Sounds like a very exciting time. Stay with us, folks. Uh, your letters now. Hey, welcome back on my show last night. Gilly writes... Jane Fonda, Justin Trudeau, and all the others that look at COVID as a great opportunity are vile and no respecters of life, except maybe their own privileged ones. And the question I keep asking and still remains, what actions can the average citizen take to begin riding the ship? How do we fight back? I think it starts with where it ought to start, the opposition. The opposition should oppose. I have not heard a lot of opposition opposing. In fact, in some parts of this country, the opposition wants the government to go harder against freedom. So, Aaron O'Toole is the new conservative leader and a lot of conservative MPs. Where are they? So, I would think step one is to get them to be more conservative. Patricia writes, They say that the hospitals in Toronto are filled to capacity, but after some research, I found out that they were almost always filled to capacity before the pandemic. The virus was planned. The lockdowns are to weaken us, close small businesses, get the economy ready for the socialist great reset, and make us more government dependent, and the vaccine laws are to restrict us, tag us, and perhaps even shorten our lives. Well, I agree with some of what you say there. Uh, I know for a fact that the hospitals are not packed. Uh, every day, all the provinces in Canada publish how many pandemic patients, virus patients are in the hospital, and how many are in ICU. And you can compare that pretty quickly 
with the stock of hospital beds, acute care beds, emergency beds in the province. There is no province in Canada that they're overwhelmed. There just are none. And frankly, if there were, seven months into the emergency now, shame on the health bureaucrats. I disagree with you when you say the pandemic was planned. I know that there were some people planning for a pandemic, um, and I am absolutely sure that China misled and undermined and tricked the West. For example, they hid the true nature of the virus. They cut off flights to and from Wuhan from within China, but let Wuhan citizens fly around the world. I agree with that. We don't yet know what will happen with the vaccines. You have the worst case scenario, and that may well happen. But I think we should criticize what facts we know. There are enough facts that we know that deserve criticizing before we engage in some speculation that goes beyond the facts that we know. Bruce writes, Both segments of tonight's show prove that this Wuhan flu is a political weapon against us. Remember that the extreme left consider us enemies. Their worldview is based on envy, lies, and conquest. They aren't hiding their warped agenda either. Free people are their enemies. Well, listen, uh, the shock doctrine of the left is take any crisis and turn it into an opportunity. Remember, the income tax itself was temporary just till we get through this First World War. Um, You know, there is some hope. As Orwell said, the hope is with the proles. That was his nickname for the proletariat. If you reread 1984... He says the hope is with the common people, not the fancy pants. And we're fairly populist over here at Rebel News. Hey, can I leave you with something before I say goodbye? I was just surfing on the internet and I came across this video on Twitter. It's only a minute and 20 seconds long and I thought it was perfect. Now, I don't know the name of this young woman. I spent about half an hour trying to find it. Uh, In fact, her name, and I've got it here on my phone, is What's Her Face? That's her stage name. That's her internet name. That's what she's called on Instagram and YouTube and Patreon. I can't find her real name. I can't even find her email address. I sent her a message saying, hey, would you want to do videos for Rebel News? But in the meantime, here is What's Her Face, a video she did on masks. It'll make you laugh, and maybe it'll give you a bit of hope, too. I'll leave you with this. I'll say goodbye now. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here, keep fighting for freedom. Oh, my apologies. I was wearing my mask because I just got back from a full day of being a good person. I love my mask because it's a simple yet effective way to display my righteousness. Am I concerned that two children in China dropped dead because they were forced to wear masks in gym class? Nope. Am I concerned that we're creating a generation of children who will be socially awkward and conditioned to fear their fellow man? No. Am I concerned that I'm contributing to an impending socialist technocracy that will enslave the global population? Not even a little bit. Am I concerned that my mask is symbolic of my compliance to the social conditioning that will eventually lead to the forced vaccination of every man, woman, and child on planet Earth? Not a chance. And why am I not concerned, you ask? I'm not concerned because I decided a long time ago that shallow and significant gestures are a much easier way to showcase my morality than actually being moral. Because in order to be a real good person, I gotta stand up to a real bad person. And I don't like standing up to or for anything. I've decided that it's much easier to trick my own mind into thinking compliance is a virtue instead of what compliance 
science actually is. Cowardice. I prefer to float through life completely ignorant to the fact that every socialist takeover has always begun in the exact same way. With government overreach, public shaming, censorship, and a toilet paper shortage. Don't believe me? Google toilet paper shortage in communist Russia. Did you think you were having a unique experience? I prefer to pretend history never repeats itself so that I can stand by and turn a blind eye every time history repeats itself. I prefer to call anyone who speaks up, fights back, or stands their ground a lunatic or a conspiracy theorist so that I don't feel obligated to do my own research. Research takes away from me time. And lastly, I prefer to put on my mask and stand among a sea of masks so that I never have to be seen, be free, or reveal the deep dark shadows that lurk within me.